Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And our episode today, The Speed Round, Take 3. So let's set the stage. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and we are once again recording on a Monday. And I believe Greg had a much better weekend this weekend. I did have a much better weekend this weekend. It's been fantastic. I mean, the weather in Ontario, Canada has been 14, 15. Today, it's 17 degrees Celsius, which for our folks on Fahrenheit, that's what double plus 30 is the easiest way I remember as a kid. So uh, that's that's like in the mid 60s in November. Madness. But we'll take it. Absolutely. Yeah, I was outside doing a little bit of painting outside and it was pretty cool and it's uh, nice and you have this warm weather, but at the same time, all the um, trees have turned and the the, uh, the leaves have started dropping and it's uh, where I live, it's pretty picturesque. So it's it's really, really nice. Yeah, I agree. Same with me. So put them in the same neighborhood. That would make sense. <laughs> what, what are we like two kilometers away from each other? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we never walk. We always drive. So uh, it's good to be with everybody today, and uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulty, and uh, I was totally blaming Greg, and then I realized I had his volume turned down, <laughs> so uh, Greg, I'm going to apologize on air. That's that's good. You know, I'm surprised. I'm the one who normally has those kinds of things, so <laughs> it's nice. You're, if you're just making me feel better, then thank you so much. Yeah, it was funny. I kept giving him a hard time, like, dude, I can't hear you, man, and he was fuddling around. Then I looked down, and I realized, oh, yeah, my input. Uh, you're on zero. <laughs> so it's all good. Everything's good. All good. Yeah. So let's continue. Uh, Greg and I have been managers for a long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. And today we're going to do some specific questions and, uh, we're going to, um, we're going to discuss how we have observed others at times, maybe add some things into our answers about, uh, uh, the subjects that we've picked today, and we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And uh, I like doing these, Greg. I don't know about you, but we have had some pretty good discussions. Yeah, no, great. I, I agree. I agree because they're off the cuff and they they usually, uh, we start with one question, we usually dive deep and discover other stuff. Exactly. And I think this is, this is the third time that we've done this over the last year or so. And uh, I kind of like the break because uh, we can hit a bunch of different places at the same time, different areas. And uh, hopefully we can do this rapidly. But uh, if history is any uh, teacher in this, we, we tend to drag things out a little bit. But we have uh, just a really good discussion. So the speed round, take three. First question, Greg. Worst moment as a manager? Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I think the worst moment as a manager was um, when I was responsible for HR for a, for a, a large organization, and we had worked really hard to try and keep a plant open, and we got the news that they had decided to close the plant. And this plant was uh, it was the main provider in uh, in a uh, smaller southwest ontario community and just so the heaviness of that it was almost like we had this battle we thought we had kind of proven the value and the impact of this plant and and then they made the decision um far away that this was you know that this was going to happen and uh it just it just was heavy 
you know, one, the impact on people and also uh, the uh, that we had worked so hard and then it didn't it didn't seem to matter. And so that was probably I mean, there's a couple that were bubbling up, but that's the worst part, uh, worst time as a manager that, uh, you, you know, it's just the, the impact on others and, you know, just feeling as if you hadn't, you know, what could we have done differently kind of thing. Hmm. So I, I think mine is, uh, I'm going way back uh, when I was in professional standards in the police, when I was an investigative supervisor, when we had to um, arrest members of the service. And even though you knew the context, what was behind it, um, it was it was a difficult thing to do. Um, and part of the philosophy of agreeing to go into professional standards, if I actually ever did agree to it, was that um, if we didn't do it, somebody on the outside would do it. And and so you know, it's one of these things. Nobody likes uh, an employee that is uh, breaking the law and and bringing the rest of the organization kind of into disrepute. So I found that really difficult. It, it happened quite a few times uh, during my time in that uh, section of the police service, but nobody cheered about it. It was it was actually a very somber thing. Um, but I, I think for me, that was probably the low point doing things like that, although it was very necessary. And I worked with just a really good group of people. Uh, none of us enjoyed it. Um, you know, you, you talk about, you know, you do something like that and you go home and it's not a happy thing. You're not a happy camper. And I, I think, you know, that was probably for me, probably kind of the worst situation I've been in. You know, I think in both of those situations, there are situations where you don't have a lot of control. Uh, you have something you've got to do and it is a part of your role, but you really don't have any control over it. It's not nothing. It's not something that you set up or something that that as a result of a decision that you've made even and that's when i think it's even harder is when you, we don't have any control over what's happening you still have control on how you manage a situation and how you respond to that situation but it's like you don't have any control of it's happening to you and that's probably what gets you down a little bit as well right is that lack of control and yet you know whatever the situation is in front of you you really do have no choice um, you know, either someone else made the decision that, you know, in your case, that the plant was going to be closed or in my situation, the person made a decision to break the law. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with that. That's true. That's interesting. Hmm. Great way to start it off. Hey, eh? what a downer. Yeah. So let's flip it. Best moment as a manager. Well, what's interesting for me is it's actually the same situation, except a little bit later. So although we had no control over the closing of the plant, uh, I was head of human resources at that time, people and culture, whatever you want to call them. And our team, we sat down and said, what does success look like in this situation where we don't have any control? And we, we created a vision. And we said, the vision is that we're going to be walking down this small town streets um, a year in the future. And everyone we walk up to comes up to us and says, thank you. Um, I, I felt very cared for through that process and supported through that process. And here's what I'm doing now. So we set a vision to do that with regard to it. So fast forward, actually about a year and a half, um, the plant was closed and 97% of the people had either found a new role um, gone back to school 
uh, got a package retirement and settled in, but they that actually occurred. And we we actually celebrated how we supported people in the transition. So for me, even as we were thinking about this, I was thinking about the first one, I had no control over what was happening. But what we chose to do as a, as a leadership team and as a HR team was, what can we do to support people through this really horrific period of time? And, and actually seeing within our circle of control what we were able to do, it was amazing. And even to this day, I've run into people and they've said, you know what, that was the worst time of my life. And I felt cared for and taken care of and supported. And, uh, and so for me, that's an important aspect. So how do you manage it? And in that plant closure, um, they knocked the numbers out of the park. So you know what? Probably the people who made the decision were thinking that was a dumb decision, but they'd already made it. Um, but, you know, people were committed because they cared. They felt cared for. And in a situation where I didn't know about what my future was going to hold, they worked and delivered great results. Um, uh, even better than they had um, in the in the past. And it was a good plant. So um, anyway, so that's interesting. The opposite ends. And it came down to what did I have control over and how could I support in my circle of influence? That's cool. That's cool. I think my best moment as a, as a manager uh, was making good hires. And I was sitting here trying to whittle the hires down to like the best one. And I couldn't because there was a, a a number of them that were just great hires. And and the reason why I, I just love doing this is, you know, we, we would have a hole in the team. And uh, this is both in the police and, and later on. And there are about three or four people that I hired. It's like, oh, my goodness, these these people, they want to come here. They're giving up something else. They want to come work with us. And, you know, just the eagerness and the way they hit the ground running. And, you know, when you make a bad hire, when you make a good hire, it's a totally different thing. It is just wonderful. And, and some of these people, like, I'm still friends with. And it's just, it's just, I, I love it, you know. And there's times when somebody's been in a jam and we were looking for something and, and they had so much to offer and we were able to, to cut a deal and bring them in. And those situations, I love giving people a job especially when they're like really qualified, good people, hardworking, really good at talking things out. There's nothing better. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. I do think that's really good. I also love equally at the same time as when as a manager, and there's been a couple of times when people had been written off and people felt that, uh, um, that they really weren't that good at what they did. And, uh, and by actually, again, caring and having a direct conversation with them and also understanding what they loved and what they didn't love and finding a role that better fits for what they are. I love those ones, too. Those are other great moments for me. I, I you know, I can think of, uh, of at least one person who ended up leaving the organization, but they found a sweet spot in actually it was a not-for-profit charity and they end up being a huge influencer in the space of uh, poverty and that type of thing and and in the other job they had it wasn't really they weren't that great but uh you know they uh, recognized their strengths in the new place and they were motivated and they were purposeful and but when you see someone come to life or when you see someone accelerate because you've hired them into the right role 
that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, um, worst moment being managed. Yeah. So for me, I got a couple things that are kind of bubbling up in in my mind, uh, and uh, the one though was I um, moved across country. Uh, good thing it was back home to Ontario. Uh, but I came and worked for an individual that I really liked in the interview. Like I thought, man, this this guy was great and that type of thing. Six months later, he was gone. They had a reorg and he was gone. And the senior leader at the time who was running the place, I'm not sure what exactly his title was, but he wasn't the CEO, but he was like really next in line, COO or something like that. Man, he was brutal. He was brutal. And so anything that I would bring forward. And I was keen about helping to shift the culture and move things for anything I brought forward. He ripped it apart. Uh, he embarrassed you in meetings. Uh, he, he, uh, he, um, if it wasn't his way, uh, it, it, it was nobody's way. I mean, he just, and he was a smart guy and he had lots of success, but he was, Almost you could tell that he was really, you know, uh, in uh, insecure, maybe on what he was. But man, it was like you're like the punchy bag. And but we were all punching bags. And, you know, what happened, as always happens in those situations, I stayed for another four months uh, or maybe five months and then found another role. And many other people went and uh, and found another role. And so it is what it is. But, uh, you know, when you have hope. And you think, I'm so excited. You move people across and then get into the, and then they're gone and the whole world is completely different. No guarantees in life. And so uh, you just have to figure it out. But that was probably my worst moment. Um, uh, But it led to actually a great moment after that. So sometimes the worst leads to making the tough decisions and go to somewhere and find someone that is really good. Yeah, that's cool. I think my... um my worst moment of being managed is a series of moments and they all revolve around the same dynamic. And and this is like throughout my careers is, you know, you're on a team or running a team and, you know, you've been dealing with a problem and you've de- developed uh, procedures and ways to deal with that problem. And, and, you know, the team is pulled together and then the leadership changes. And then, you know, you go through that awkward time where th- these leaders don't understand what you do and, and, and there's been a number of occasions where it's like, I mean, we've just spent, you know, eight months figuring out how to deal with this problem. We've got it nailed, we're producing, and then somebody comes in and they just rearrange everything. And, you know, there's lip service to, oh, what do you guys do? You know, what are you guys up to? But, but that, you know, there's no intention of, of actually, you know, learning what you've done and, and, and how you approach problems and stuff like that. And I can go way back into my police career. I can, in every place that I've worked. You know, when there's a change, you know, there's a number of incidents where it's like nobody's listening. You know, nobody's listening. Nobody's home. Something else is going to happen and you have no control over it. And especially if you're leading people, uh, they're looking to you and and you don't have the answers. And, And so I think that's probably there's been quite a few of these occasions over, you know, 33, 35 years, whatever it is I've been working and, and I think that's just something that I've always kept in, in mind when I've gone in to take over a team is to be very sensitive to what's going on and what people are feeling and, and the struggles that they've had. And, and what, what do they offer here? Do they have something good going 
or am I, you know, and I try to stay away from coming in. Oh, I'm just going to change everything to the way I feel comfortable. So those are, those are probably my worst moments and there's a series of them. And I, and again, I, I can't really narrow down to one because I think the other ones hold some merit as well, but that's kind of the scenario that uh, I think uh, were my worst moments being managed. Well, it's funny, you know, uh, uh, the common theme again on yours and mine is like ego. You know, these folks just, and, and ego and uh, and lack of confidence and probably the combination of both because they, folks, and, and heck, I've probably done it as well. You know, you, you get hired into a job where there's big expectations and you think you've got to do something and you think you got to show up and have a win quickly and you forget to ask. Uh, you forget to inquire, you forget to just establish relationship. And so you jump in. So I know that that happens. But in both those situations, both the ones that you described, and certainly the one that I was in and others that that have been equally bad. I've only had a couple times in my career where it's really been really, really bad. Um, and in both situations, there were people who um, had a low self-awareness and and a pretty big ego um and they and and uh they felt that they need to um make big change to be valued i, I think those those were the things and you think oh my goodness gracious i'm all about change i'm all about continuous improvement but um how you do it and i mean a couple of our podcasts talk about this is how you do it is so critical um best moment being managed so interesting is I went from the worst moment to a couple of years later and the next firm that I was in was the best moment being managed. Um, and and just it was uh, it, it was really at, at Campbell Soup when I w went there and the CEO that I reported to, um, he was just someone who held space. Um, he was visionary. He got you excited about the possibilities. But then he had he held a wide space for you to join in and contribute to that. So um, honestly, anything that I brought forward, we would always have a dialogue. But I would say 98 percent of the stuff um, moved forward in a direction because he knew that I was passionate. He, my ideas he brought forward, he allowed me to kind of just be free and and that then allowed me to be free with the folks that I, that were working for me. So it was like a cascading ripple effect um, in the best moment. And it was with someone who listened, who inspired, but gave lots of space for me to be able to create, because that's the kind of person I am. I love to create, I love to create spaces uh, where people can be most effective. And, and he just really allowed me to do that. Definitely such that my, I think I've said this before, my wife Josette calls this my bubble period where it was just, it was like a, it was just such a perfect scenario, but it wasn't that complicated to create the perfect scenario. It was really about inspiring, listening and empowering. And, you know, that doesn't sound that complicated, but when those special moments occur, those I think are like the three things. That's cool. I think my best moment being managed uh, is on a police team as an investigative supervisor and uh, I really didn't have that much to do with the boss, but that boss had your back, um, trusted you, and, you know, would just walk in and give a thumbs up when something good went. There wasn't any long, prolonged, uh, you know, conversation or anything like that. What, what I liked was 
I never doubted that that person didn't uh, uh, respect what I was doing, trust what I was doing, back me up. And, uh, you know, the few times that we had a really good conversation, we were of totally different eras. And, um, but, and it sounds like it isn't a great environment, but it was a great environment because you could, if you had to go in there and talk and very direct to the point, but it was just that, that trust. And, uh, you know, when you were successful, you know, there wasn't any long conversation about it, but, you know, it came in, gave you the thumbs up or gave you a pat on the back. And that was it. And I really liked that. It was, you know, there wasn't any interference. There was this trust. There was no, uh, they weren't insecure. They didn't doubt what you were doing. And I just found that period of time, it was, it was peaceful. You got a lot done. You didn't have to jump through hoops to get approvals for things. It's like, you know, what do you want? Okay. And there's just that trust, um, in, in what you were doing. And I, I really liked it. It was a nice, calm experience and a lot got done and, uh, they appreciated what you did. I love that. I love two things that bubbled up for me. What you said was the one that creating that peace. Uh, and, and, and it might be that there's pressure to move things ahead, but sir, there's this safety aspect that's there. And then I also love just the thumbs up, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be a big deal, but especially if you respect someone and they, and, and they give you that nod or that thumbs up that, you know, the words can express. Uh, how how you feel when you get something from someone who you respect. So, thing you most need to work on, Greg? For me, this has been something in the latter part of my career, which is probably uh, um, uh, still continues, and I, I'm getting much better at it. And uh, and that is just being, um, you know, I talk in my book about safe, brave spaces, and I've always been someone who creates safe spaces. People open up, people connect, people gain confidence, people uh, aspire and drive things forward, but brave of where I can be more respectfully direct is probably something that I is a, is a journey for me. Um, I do it a lot better and I am much more direct and I know the result of it. I know when you actually are, are caringly direct with someone, respectfully direct, how important that is but I still have opportunities. I still may avoid at certain points because I, I lean heavily into the safe and I need to continue to nudge up in the brave. And the more I do it, the more it, that balance and that combination of the powerful impact happens. So I would say probably that is still the, the case. Um, com combined with that is, is I'm always thinking of the next newest thing and uh and the how to make things better and sometimes you just need to sit and allow things to happen so those would be i added two things in there one is uh be more brave and secondly be okay with holding the space for a while and letting something work its way out versus getting excited about the next idea and both of those i've made huge progress um through great coaching and through great support of my inner circle that helps hold me accountable. But those are two things still I need to do. Well, on the brief side, um, you and I have been through a process here and, uh, I, I think it's kind of brave. I mean, you, you've written a book, you've got, uh, this podcast, you've got another podcast and you keep popping up on LinkedIn all the time, giving us these little garden talks. So I, th I think, you know, when you, you talk about brave, uh, you're probably thinking one thing, but I'm I'm seeing that you you know you reaching out and extending yourself and having conversations with uh, 
other people and and doing something like this like we we've talked about this before how many people you know are doing a podcast or have written a book not a lot it is, it is it, i agree i agree and you're right and i have felt thank you for that and i have felt like i am stepping a little bit more uh you know uh, you know doing things that there's risk for people you know not liking it and those type of things but it it uh it may be a little bit of wisdom of age and those kinds of things, but I certainly encourage others and it's, it's a continual journey. So for me, the things I need to work on, and I think it became uh, more apparent as I became a manager and dealt with those types of things is, uh, getting a handle on the power structures above me, the politics of it. Uh, it's, it's something I don't care to do. I just like to, and we've discussed this. I just like to work. I like to work with good people, like to solve problems, get stuff done. Uh, and, and, but there's times when you have to understand the dynamics above you and maybe wait in a little bit to make sure you understand what's going on, because that can be important to protecting yourself and protecting your team. And I think that's something that, uh, I have struggled with, um, mostly for non-interest. Um, so that's something I have to be more aware of and, and willing at times to push back a little bit and, uh, um, I like to be direct and sometimes maybe being direct isn't um, really the course to take. Maybe you need to be a little bit more subtle, but it's dealing with those power structures above me. Uh, there's times when it goes really well, but uh, you know, there's times when if there's difficulties above you, you really have to be sensitive to what's going on and really plan out how you exert any influence or, or try to deal with things. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because it's your gift too, right? Your gift is to be straight. Your gift is to cut through the crap. Your gift is so, and, and you know, I know we're going to we're gonna talk about gifts kind of going forward, that type of thing. But those things are all real strengths of yours. Um, and if you're, if, you're, if you're not thinking of the context and, and uh, the political wins and those types of things at all, then you get yourself into trouble and you can't have as broad and as deep of impact that you want to have to do the right thing. Um, so you can spin things out. So I think that's really, really great awareness. And again, I think you are, you know, um, maybe it's again later in life as you, uh, as you, as you gain wisdom, but I, I find that you, although you are pretty direct and you're not afraid to say what you think you are also at the same time curious. And I think uh, developing that curiousness is is uh is uh is that balance right so um no i think it's good so what do you nail there greg what are you good at well you know what i am i'm definitely good at optimism um connecting the dots quickly helping people see the possibilities that's always been my strength you know i can get people so excited and and as i said earlier the other thing is um creating safe spaces you know, most people that I meet with will sit and say, wow, Greg, you just, uh, you know, I, someone I'm doing safe, brave circles, which are these these uh, small groups uh, that walk through my book to kind of just discover your unique talents and where you want to go forward. And I had some of the other day saying, Greg, you just hold the space so well and allow people to kind of figure that out. And, you know, it's just something that innately I think I've always done. Um, uh, which, you know, which is, is my strength. So those are kind of the things, the visionary 
connecting the dots, creating excitement, and also just having a space that people actually feel that they can contribute. Those are my um, innate natural things that I think I, and I've been told that at least that I bring, uh, bring to uh, organizations, communities, and teams. How about you? I think it's my ability to natter, to, to just have a conversation. And sometimes that's a very direct conversation, but I'm not, um, I'm an introvert but I'm a loud one. I, I love my own, you know, being by myself and all those things, but I, I do like to interact with people. So I think my, what I tend to nail is, is having a conversation and if necessary, being very direct and uh, you know, not everybody feels comfortable with it, but they certainly know what you want. So I think that's my gift is just nodding around and wh whether I was dealing with, you know, colleagues or suspects or victims or, you know, whoever people from other organizations you're working with, my, my job is to make them feel comfortable so we can have a conversation. And I think I do that. Okay. And, and there's times when I'm more than willing to be direct about something, if we need to sort out something and not everybody feels comfortable with that as well. But at the end of the day, if there's a problem, they feel a lot more comfortable if we've had a conversation and been able to deal with it. So I think those, those are my strengths is just nattering away and getting done what I need to get done and making sure people understand what I want. Yeah, and I think you're maybe uh, a little, the word nattering for me, uh, I'm not sure that really describes uh, who, you, who you are. I think your description, which you gave, does. I mean, you're, you're someone who, you know, can quite easily connect with people to begin a conversation, just to chat and have, have make a connection. Those are all things that you do very well. I've seen it. And then you and I have gone into crowds that you don't know anybody and I know the people and you just, you know, it's like afterwards, it's like you're their friend and, uh, you know, I'm the uh, outside guy maybe. But um, so, so I'm not sure I would describe that as nattering. Nattering actually makes me think of, uh, you know, the stereotypical neighbor you know, oh my goodness, they're nattering away. So I would say connecting, um, um, uh, creating bridges, um, finding a common theme. Those are things that you do very well. Thank you. I'm not Bob over the fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Um, best piece of advice you've been given. Well, this is interesting. I was going to say, I'll say the one I was going to say, and then I think the um, the one that's going to be more powerful. So I think I've shared before um, one of the best pieces of advice when I was a director of HR, the VP HR role was open. They weren't sure that I was the right, ready, ready for the role. And a senior leader supply chain said, Greg, be the VP. And that was the most powerful feedback I ever got. Because, you know, you get in your head of, can I do it? Should I do it? What do I need to do it? And just be the VP is just fully own the role. Be present and kind of go for it and live what you think a leader should be. And our instincts are good. And if you've been promoted into an organization, the instincts are good. So that one is the one that's my go-to that I think is the most powerful advice. So whatever you want to become, be it. You know, step fully into it. Um, the other one that was bubbling up that's more meaningful to me is, is the um, 
someone said, just let go. And just let go is also a really powerful statement, especially when you're spinning, um, uh, especially when you're, you're like a dog on a bone or something, you know, a kind voice to say, Greg, just let go. And I can tell you, there's been a couple of times when you just needed to be reminded of that, that it was just like that piece that you talked earlier. It was just like, whoo. And then you realize, what the heck am I doing, right? Either spinning in my own head, of, I can't again or whatever, but just this idea of letting go. And one of my most beautiful visuals that I've used throughout my career is this idea. There's a great picture of it. It looks like they've got a firefly or something in their hands and this bright light. And when you open your hand, the light just, just, just streams out and lights up everything else. It's probably, you know, in the spirit of Diwali, which is happening right now around the world, Diwali is the, the, the festival of lights, and it's about just shining light. And uh, that kind of really resonates for me when someone said to let go, it's like letting go and opening up and just shining uh, is, is a powerful statement. So that those are two pieces of advice. I know you keep asking for one and I keep asking two, but, uh, you know, what the heck. It's your show too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think mine is uh, early on as kind of a worker bee, uh, somebody gave me the advice, uh, learn how to do what you're doing really well, be indispensable, and uh, things will go much easier for you. And I found uh, as I you know developed an aptitude for several things, uh, how true that was. And so I think it's probably more applicable to pre-management or pre-supervisory um, uh, times, but I, I do think it did impact my management and and kind of investigative supervisory type of roles. You know, become very good at something, learn it. You know, and and be indispensable to people, and and people need problems solved. And uh, it, it's important if you take on a role to figure out how to do it, how to do it well, and and to be able to to serve whatever you need to serve. And uh, when somebody told me that once, because you know, I kind of fell into being a financial fraud, uh, like a fraud investigator. And then moved up, kind of th using those skill sets, and yeah, that that um, that served me well in my career. Is you know, learn how to do you know, you know, one or two things. Learn how to do them really well, so that you can uh, take care of business. And and people are always looking for people that will take care of business. Mm. Yeah, no, I I I agree. I agree. You just uh, um, that's a that's a good a good piece of advice. You get her done. Um, people value that. So, um, best piece of advice you have given? I don't know. This is a tough one, right? I'm certain that I've given different pieces of advice that were really helpful. Um, often they're the pieces of advice that have been given me, like be the VP or be who you are, those kinds of things. Um, you know, I, uh, I think the the um, the best advice that I've given to folks is slow down, because um, in our world things are so busy. Um, uh, 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 slow down and 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 understand yourself. Probably the combination of two things, but you know, knowing yourself, slowing down, and knowing yourself uh, are probably the combination of things that I've usually given, because most people are striving. 
and striving means they're busy and they're they're reaching all the time and they're going so fast and and uh, especially the last half of my life i've i've learned the power of slowing down and 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 beginning the investigation of knowing yourself you know what do you love what's most important what do you bring and boy oh boy that clarity and that kind of slowness helps things go very fast and you get things done really well uh, but most of us don't take the time and in our current culture although COVID has changed a lot and i think people have been forced to slow down and that's why this big renew uh, reawakening resignation whatever you want to call it is coming out of that people stopping and slowing down and thinking what do i really want who am i really and those kinds of things so slow down and uh, and know yourself um is probably the most common piece of advice that i'm giving people today whether it's the best piece i think it's pretty important but uh, it's definitely more the common one i really like that i really like that a lot uh for me uh probably the best advice i've given is leave and uh really kind of two scenarios come up one is where somebody is probably at their end in the organization they're frustrated and, they're, and they they really do want to go somewhere else and i've had a number of these conversations and and i've just said to people give yourself permission to leave if you need to be somewhere else then do it 100 percent. and uh, if you're not happy here you need to find someplace that will make you happy and whether they work for me or another manager because i've spent a fair bit of time talking to other people's employees um you know give yourself permission to leave and the other part of that though was you know people that were working for me and there was a promotion or another job within the organization or another role somewhere and they kind of come sheepishly into the office and they say listen uh blah, blah, blah. i said yeah, i think you'd be great for that role 100 percent um if you need me to talk to the hiring manager give you a reference whatever it is I'm 100% into you uh, going to that other section, working for that other person. I think you're getting a lot of, re lot of um, uh, experience and knowledge doing that. Because, Greg, I don't know about you, but I have definitely benefited from moving around and getting different experiences, working with different people and different sections and stuff. And I am a believer in, you know, if you need to move around or you can move around, you really should do it so you don't get into a, a rut. And, you know, people kind of look at you and say, no, no, I'd love you to stay. And if you don't get this, then you're, you definitely still have a place here. But if you need to move and get more experience and, and kind of, you know, and I've actually had a conversation with somebody during a, during a, uh, a year end review and said, listen, you need to go get other experience. Like you need to leave and then come back. There's a bunch of other things out there in this world. And maybe it's time for you to step out and get that experience and get to know other people. So, um, people have given me that advice. Um, but, uh, I have certainly given, uh, I think that's the advice I've given people that I think, uh, gave the most impact to, to what they were doing. What's interesting is earlier on, you talked about the, a manager really influenced you and who the, the best moment being managed. And you said one of the key components was they had my back and that's part of having your back is saying is is uh, is saying hey go i'm with you i'm going to support you this is what you need to do or even nudging to leave the leave the safety of your uh, area and that type of thing because it's going to be better for them so that is a good description of i've got your back um and uh, and so that's 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 cool 
And there's a, a, another side to this as well, because I've had people that have left and then, you know, a couple of years later they go, Hey, um, you've got an opening. Um, I'd like to come back and maybe they're a higher level or whatever. It's like 100%. Let, let's, let's, let's see how we can work this out. And that's one of the benefits, you know, when you tell people to leave and you're doing it for the right reason to support them and all that stuff, um, it isn't goodbye all the time. And quite often you'll see them in like a, a, a related organization or they end up coming back. It's a really healthy thing. And I, I benefited from that 100%. And, and that's kind of like the next chapter in that story is that, you know, you end up having this ally in another section or in another organization or they come back again to the team to join uh join the crew again yeah and you know what in our in this day of talent shortages or or whatever you want to call it uh if you are known as someone who oh there goes my printer if you if you <laughs> i i swear it's times uh for our podcast um uh, uh the uh but if you if you're known as someone who has people's back who supports transition who nudges for growth you become a magnet for talent and so uh, not only do they come back and i've had that too where they've left and then they've come back they left as and not a manager come back as a manager they've now got this wealth of experience from the other organization or department that just enriches your team or new people that they talk to and said well if you really want to work with somebody who's great go work with alistair because here's what he did for me uh, that's a, that's, a, that's a great, um, reputation to have. And that might have to be another topic for, uh, a podcast is, um, managers who are narrow-minded, protective, uh, and, you know, not letting people go and come back and stuff like that. I, I'm trying to think of the words, the phrase, the catch, catch phrase for it, but I think that's, that, that's something that I've experienced throughout my careers. That's for sure. Those people that are very narrow minded about how you manage people. So I'm going to think about that and you think about it as well. And maybe send me a text with some wording for that. Yeah. Cause you know, if you hold on, they're going to go, you know, yeah. like uh, it's, and that's what I, I, I know you've had that experience. I've had that experience as well. So. Hmm. Hmm. We'll think of those. We'll think yeah. of that. The catchphrase. That's going to happen, my friend. Yeah. So I, I really like doing these things. And these are questions, obviously, we were asking ourselves these questions. But, you know, as part of, a, you know, kind of a taking a look at where you're at and where you're doing, these are really good questions just to kind of take stock of where you've been and, and what's been going on and, and kind of helps you in making decisions going forward as well. Like, you know, who are you going to work for? What do you want to do? And stuff like that. This, again, uh, I know you're all, all about the questions, Greg. And to me, just going through this, um, you know, I think people need to do this type of thing. Maybe not the exact questions that we've asked, but asking yourself a series of questions and maybe getting into a conversation with somebody else about these types of things. It's uh, it's an illuminating process. Yeah, especially, you know, it's interesting. You did a lot about the best and worst in this one. And yeah, you learn from both, right? Mm -hmm. You learn from both. And, you know, in my, in my examples, and I hadn't really thought about these examples in detail before our podcast today, but it was interesting how, one often led to the other. A bad situation led to a better situation. A bad uh, situation led to uh, a greater um, discernment and thinking about what I, how I wanted to show up when I became a leader and a manager. 
you know, and so it, it's so interesting how connected they are. And then by doing this and then just reflecting on, okay, what did I capture? What did I say? What are the key themes? What can I learn from it? It like goes to our, uh, our closing uh, statement of growing and learning uh, or being challenged. That's cool. I think we did the wrap up already. <laughs> I think so. I think so. So, uh, listen, we hope that some of what we spoke about you find helpful. Uh, we hope we didn't say anything that you find offensive or made you angry. But, Greg, I think your philosophy really fits in this one as well. Yeah, we close each of our podcasts with this is that, uh, and I learned this from a great coach, and I try to create the same space, is that the best reflections, the best conversations are one in which you experience a little bit of joy, a little bit of churn. And this one in particular probably had a lot of those, you know, some of those worst moments probably got you a little crunchy inside. Or or even if you're thinking around how have I applied even the best moments in my leadership, if I if you're a manager of others. So we hope that you get a little bit of joy of feeling good about making some traction, some impact that you've had. And maybe there's a little bit of churn too of, boy, I still got to do work on that. I've still got opportunities there. Both are great as long as you do something with it. And so our hope is that we stir some of those emotions, that we help bubble up some of those examples with the pure intention of taking those and strengthening yourself as a manager or as a team member and on a team. So sounds good. Um, let's uh, do a shout out to somebody. Brisbane, Australia. Welcome to the team. Brisbane, you know, that's really interesting. I was just talking to someone about Brisbane and uh, it was a great example of what a great leader does. So this person I was talking to said they had a fantastic talent in Brisbane, uh, but he had peaked what he could do in the organization. And they tried to ha actually have the support to help him move globally. But he had some personal things and that that he really wanted. And he had a better opportunity with a local firm in, uh, in Australia. Uh, um, and this person shared how they helped him um, move into that other organization. And the way that they managed that they enable lots of lane way in order to bring in the new person to kind of bring them up to speed and going forward. So it's again, it almost, it's funny that Brisbane was the greatest, a great example of what great managers do of supporting someone, trying to keep them. But if you can't, how do you then support them in their new venture, which, which just then uh, creates the environment where I want to help ensure that my replacement is equally strong and, and successful. So uh, uh, if Brisbane is listening and uh, I, I don't know the person's name, but maybe, maybe it's that person. So that's cool. That's totally cool. Hmm. Okay, folks, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.